0: Hi, everybody. I'm Patrick McEnroe, and this is Holding Court. All right, everyone, time for another edition, a special edition here of Holding Court. It's the 1st of December 2021, as I've told you, my podcast fans, and thank you for being a fan of Holding Court Season 3 will get underway within the next couple of weeks here mid December I will be focusing uh, on Thursdays on mental health as it relates to tennis sports and life in general so I've got a whole crew of guests lined up <clears throat> and excuse me and I think you will uh get a lot out of that as will I as I'm learning about these issues as well. Of course, Naomi Osaka brought that to the forefront this year with her issues that started at the French Open and continuing to affect her. So hopefully we will see Naomi at the Australian Open. That's the first topic uh, that I'll get into. Of course, I'm going to get back into the Peng Shui situation as well because as I promised you, my listeners, I am not going to let that story die, which it appears that uh, the mainstream media is sort of allowing it, uh, maybe not to die, but certainly not taking hold the way I thought it would from a couple of weeks ago when she first put out her post and then had her email exchange with Steve Simon, the head of the WTA, and, of course, the latest... step in this whole process of what's going on has been uh, the video that we never saw of her talking to members of the IOC. That's been just a complete joke uh, of how that's transpired in the last uh, week or so. But seemingly, it's uh, doing exactly what uh, I think the Chinese government and the Chinese Tennis Association were hoping. It's sort of dying down. So we'll get into that momentarily. I'm also working on a few guests trying to track some people down to get you more information of that as well. Of course, I've been following everything I can online, talking to people On and off the record behind the scenes to try to figure out where this story is going before let's get into uh, the Australian Open, as I said, just announcing within the last couple of weeks that they will mandate that players have to be vaccinated to get into uh, Melbourne, uh, the state of Victoria is where it's take it takes place. Apparently, some of the other states in Australia don't have that particular mandate. So if, for example, if you were playing in Sydney, uh, which is in the state of New South Wales or uh, other parts of Australia, it's not mandated by that government, similar to the way things work in the United States, not, of course, exactly the same, similar in that states can have some of their own rules and regulations, which are separate from the federal government. But uh, the state of Victoria, making it very clear uh, that they... They will mandate that all the players, of course, the fans have to show proof of vaccination. So do all the staff working at the site and because Australia's had to deal with multiple lockdowns, they were far behind in rolling out the vaccine, although now they're way ahead of most of the world, including here in the United States with the amount of people that are vaccinated. I think it's maybe even be above 80%. Uh, of adults are all are fully vaccinated there. Uh, And because they've had to deal with a lot with within the country, they completely shut down their borders for the most part for the better of almost two years. Uh, That's why they're so strict about these vaccine mandates uh, for the players to come into the country. Of course, last year, when the Australian Open happened, uh, it was a little bit later, a couple weeks later than normal. It was in mid-February instead of late January, uh, the players, uh, as those of you who follow tennis know, had to go into sort of a bubble type situation. This was, of course, before the vaccines were available. Uh, so the players, some of them had to do a mandatory two week quarantine in a hotel room because they were on a plane that had a couple people that tested positive. So that wasn't made completely clear to the players. It caused quite a bit of controversy. Uh, for the tournament, for Craig Tiley, who I think's done a tremendous job, but he's, you know, you talk about having a difficult job, like oh, they all do, running these majors and then dealing with the local government, dealing with the authorities. And uh, so uh, it, it didn't seem like Craig had made that possibility crystal clear to the players in the buildup to the tournament that if you're on a plane that gets uh, a positive test, you're going to have to stay in your room for two weeks and not, not leave. And that, by the way, is what's happened, what happens to all the uh, residents of Australia that have come back into the country over the course of the last almost two years. It's a mandatory two-week quarantine in a government-controlled hotel. So whether you're Darren Cahill, who worked with at, the, at ESPN and worked, of course, with Simona Halep until recently, they just split up. Uh, he would have to do that when he went back to Australia. Nick Keiris, the players, Ash Barty. All had to go through this. And of course, uh, people not connected with tennis at all. So that uh, was a little uncomfortable, I guess, for everyone last year. But the tournament did go on. Remember, halfway through the tournament, there was a breakout in Melbourne. So for about four days, there were no fans Uh, They weren't at full capacity, I don't believe, through the tournament. But they're planning on having 100% capacity. They've been rolling out their plans for the tournament. They're expecting this to sort of bring Australia back. Uh, But now with the new variant that's come up here in the last week or so, the Omicron variant, uh, the Australian government was prepared in to open the borders today, December 1st, which of course would be tomorrow as we speak in Australia, but they've postponed that for two weeks, making it a little bit dodgy what happens, uh, you know, if they push it another couple of weeks, because most of the tennis players do to start arriving right After Christmas Day or so. So, of course, let's get to the heart of the matter, which is the top players. Obviously, Novak Djokovic getting most of the attention, understandably, because he's the number one player in the world on the men's side. And he has been uh, coy about uh, whether or not he's vaccinated or not. Most people inside tennis assume that he's not. But we don't know that for sure. He just said, it's, it's my body. I'm going to do what I want. I'm not going to let people know. Of course, he gets asked questions more than anybody else by virtue of being the number one player in the world uh, and having some other stances in the last couple of years that were, you know, not, not quite, as you say, totally normal, right, as far as drinking certain kinds of water. And uh, obviously he had an event in, in his country right when COVID hit, which a lot of uh, players got COVID, including himself and his wife anyway uh, whether it's made it's been made very clear by Craig Tiley and the Australian officials and just reconfirmed in in the last 24 hours that all players have to be uh, vaccinated to get into the country to play the tournament so there are a lot of questions Djokovic is as we speak representing Serbia in the Davis Cup which is going on in Europe which, which has been uh I'm not going to call it a disaster because there's been some amazing tennis, some great matches, but uh, not many fans. Some of that because of protocols and, and limits on the amount of people that can get into some of the arenas. Remember, it was being been played in three different cities. Uh, so then you deal with three different sets of, of rules and regulations in different countries in Europe. The U.S., by the way, was a, dis- was a disaster, their performance in the Davis Cup. Uh, I try to stay away from analyzing too much because, of course, I was a captain for 10 years, and I know how difficult it is for uh, Captain Marty Fish. Others, Jim Currier, who came after me. He was a d- captain until a couple of years ago, but that was uh, that was not pretty. That was not pretty to watch. Tiafo, the only one that was able to win a singles match, and he barely did against Columbia, came a couple match points down in that. Uh Isner was a disaster in this first match, won two games against Sinner. How does that happen indoors with his serve? Uh and then he lost against Colombia, so the U.S. went down to Italy, which wasn't that surprising, uh did win the doubles to pull that out. Uh and then uh what happens in the in the singles was just an absolute joke. I mean the fact that Isner wins just two games and then in the next uh match he plays loses to a guy from columbia who i don't even think is ranked in the top 200 in the world uh and sock somehow gets injured in the doubles you know because it was one all going into the doubles so the u.s still theoretically had a chance uh to advance uh but how I, I, he gets injured he's had a groin problem over the course of the last uh, few months and i guess that 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 creeped up on him and just two games in Out of the double, so the US is out. So the Davis Cup uh, has been uh, rough Uh, again. You know, the new format, a lot of questions about it. Uh, I spoke to Peter Bodo, my buddy who uh, writes for tennis, and of course, who wrote for ESPN for a while. We did a book together. Uh, uh holding uh not holding court what was my hardcore confidential i'm getting confused between my podcast and my book all right so back to novak jokovic and uh the australia situation i mean look the bottom line is nobody knows what he's going to do except himself uh no one knows if he's been vaccinated or not if he has not he will not be there uh it's just uh it's, it's impossible at this point to know so uh, there's other players by the way uh that have not been vaccinated, other top players. I think most of them uh, are going for it or deciding to do it. I think, look, obvious Novak's going to get the most attention. There will likely be a few more players, maybe some top players, uh, maybe not. Uh, maybe some other players that we don't, we don't know about that haven't been vaccinated. But here's the, here's the situation. What, you know? And I spoke to Chris Clary of the New York Times about this a week or so ago, more about the Peng Shui situation, but we touched on this as well, which is, I, I think, and I don't know this for a fact, I mean, who knows, but I think this is just the first domino to fall when it comes to playing professional tennis around the world, meaning it seems to me That we, the world, are headed to the point where most, if not all countries, most countries are going to mandate that to get into their country to protect their citizens and to protect... uh, the health and, and safety uh, and, and the hospitalizations and so on that it, it it seems like we're headed to a point where to go anywhere, you're going to have to have proof of vaccine and then maybe have proof of taking a test as well. Because as we know, as we all know, there's plenty of breakthrough cases that are happening all over the world for people that are double vax for people that get the booster. I am standing by, I'll be getting the booster, you know, basically as soon as I can. I was double vax, but it's been just about, let's just over six months since I got my second shot. So uh, I had to get it. I wanted to get it. Uh, there's very few people that I know that haven't gotten. I do know some people that uh, have decided not to do it, not to get it uh, for their own personal reasons. Uh, some uh, have views maybe more extreme than others. But as you as you start to pay attention, you start to watch the news uh, around your dial. I guess it's not a dial anymore. It's a computer, uh, you know, on Fox or different, uh, you know, they're, they're just going crazy about there should be no mandates, no vaccine mandates. Uh, so a lot of people buy into that. Of course, if you watch CNN and MSNBC, you know, those people are crazy. If you watch Fox, people on CNN are crazy. And that's sort of the way the world is working. But that's a side bar to the to the to the, let's stick with the tennis part which is i think and chris clary said he thinks it's very likely that all the majors will uh, mandate that the players are vaccinated that other cities of uh, countries in europe i mean you're seeing lockdowns happen already Uh, pseudo lockdowns but you know more pressure being put on the public in general in Austria in Germany where cases have gone up you suspect that's likely going to continue in other uh, European countries like Spain like France you know where their big tennis tournaments held so for Novak Djokovic and for other players that are not vaccinated, that are saying, oh, you know, and then we heard from Djokovic's dad and, you know, maybe they get a little bit lost in translation because you're getting him speaking in a different language, you know, that it's blackmail. Um, and then, of course, Australians reacted to that. You know, we're trying to protect our, our country. They're, You know, Novak's dad saying they're trying to blackmail Novak and, you know, sort of singling him out. I don't that I don't buy. I mean, again, he's going to get more attention than than a player like Patrick McEnroe, who's ranked you know number forty three in the world. That's just the nature of the beast. I mean, just like Kyrie Irving is a guy who gets a lot of attention here in the New York area, the basketball player for the Brooklyn Nets, who's sitting out because he's not vaxed. Uh, he's you know refuses to do it for whatever reasons, his own reasons. And 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 again, you're certainly within your rights to do that. Uh, the problem is that then you're not within your rights to continue to work in your field of work. You know, for for me, I work, for, you know, working for ESPN. It was back in the spring. You want to work at Wimbledon for ESPN. Uh, if if you're Patrick McEnroe, Chris Everett, or, you know, all of our great production people that many of you don't know, but we know well, you have to be vaccinated. That's just the way it is. So, and with a lot of companies. Um, so some people are against that. Okay, Uh, but it's sort of playing out, playing out in the courts, playing out in public opinion. And uh, in the tennis world, uh, they're allowed to make this rule, whether the Australian government and then in different different parts of the world. So, uh, again, Djokovic is sort of in a tight spot at the moment, just I think from a PR standpoint, because if he gets the vaxxed, People will say, "Oh, he only got it because you know they forced him." And he wants to win twenty-one. He wants to beat Federer and Nadal. I mean, that part I don't buy. I mean, if he's going to do it, uh, you know, you hope he's not. I don't. I don't think he's doing it just for that. I think he's doing it because he wants to play and he's he's you know researching it. The, the guy's a smart guy. I mean, he's. He, you may not agree with all of his opinions, and I certainly don't. Uh, but there's a lot of other smart people I know who. Uh, didn't want, don't want to get the vaccine. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. whether you're like him or not, it doesn't seem like he's a dumb guy, but he's figured, you know, he's decided not to take the vaccine. Okay. Well there, then you got to, then you have to deal with the repercussions. I mean, I think everybody should take it, but again, that's just me. I just, I listen to the experts. Now there's other experts saying, no, it's not, you know, you shouldn't take it. Or I, I don't, I don't see them being, uh, you know, if you're going to listen to, I listen to a few experts, but I'm not going to listen to the predominant, uh, Uh, ideas coming out of the medical and scientific establishment, which is this is safe and this is good. It's going to help you. It's going to help you fight it off. It's going to help the community and the world. So that issue uh, obviously is never ending. So we'll, we'll see where it goes, but, uh, and, and by the way, those of us working with ESPN will not be making the trip to Australia. I think we would have probably been allowed to, but there was a lot of permutations that had to happen well in advance. There are still a lot of question marks, uh, and we did, were able to cover it last year from our headquarters in Bristol, Connecticut. We had a few announcers uh, in different parts of the country as well. My brother was in, in different places at different times, so it was James Blake. Uh, but most of us were in Bristol, and I think that's the way it's going to go down for us covering the tournament again this year. We may not have as many hours of coverage as we've had in the past. Now with the ESPN having uh, college basketball up and running the NHL, which is a big part of the programming now this time of year. Uh, But we will be showing it. We just may not be on all the way through the night during that first week of the tournament. So, again, I think this is the first domino to fall when it comes to where this is going as far as mandates in tennis tournaments. Uh, it just, that that to me just looks like where we are all headed. So we will see Djokovic is on the court actually momentarily as I'm doing this. It's uh, Wednesday morning, so afternoon in Europe and Serbia getting set for their uh, quarterfinal match. I picked Russia to win it from the start. I'm not going to go against that, not only because it's Medvedev and Rublev, but also because their doubles is very strong. They won a big doubles match against Spain uh, in one of the... Uh, earlier matches so they're still alive there uh great britain went down yesterday to germany so germany i think the first team to move on to the semi so let's hope we get some buzz going i still think it was worth the effort to try something different a lot of uh people attacking davis cup uh but look it's always been it's always been tricky uh, there's times when, you know, you have two, you just people just paying attention to the two countries in the final. So let's kind of let it play out. COVID has certainly been a factor in the fact that uh, you're not seeing, you know, crazy amount of uh, crazy. I shouldn't use that word. A lot of fans in attendance. Uh, so let's hope it's successful here in these next couple uh, days as it winds down. Now, the Peng Shui situation obviously is still uh out there it doesn 't seem to be as front and, front and center as it was when uh, this first came to the forefront. I guess that 's part of the chinese strategy i 've had some people tell me nobody knows how to manipulate the Chinese or the American and the Western world news cycle better than China. So I I think for the moment, they're winning this PR battle, which is Peng Shui, oh, she's fine, she's okay. And then you've got uh, the IOC video call they did with her, which has never been released. Uh, And then you have Richard Pound, who is a a long-serving member of the IOC, uh, doing interviews on, on various media outlets, including one last night I saw on CNN. I mean, to me, it's just an absolute joke. I mean, he's literally claiming that... Because four Olympic uh, former athletes, they all speak the same language and they all, you know, they have a wonderful conversation and they could tell if she was under, I mean, are you kidding me? They could tell if she was underdressed because they were great athletes and athletes have a different you know, feeling, I mean, give me an effing break. I mean, this, I couldn't not believe what I was listening to. And Aaron Burnett, who was doing the interview for uh, CNN, who's excellent, by the way, um, I I thought she could have followed up by saying, well, did did, did anyone ask her about the allegations? Okay, because clearly nobody did. And clearly, like, that wasn't part of uh, the video call. Oh, are you okay, Punk? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. And if you listen to... As I'm listening more and more to sort of Chinese experts, including uh, the gentleman I had on, Chris Fenton, who is giving me tremendous insight, and I hope you listen to my podcast with him. He written a book called Feeding the Dragon. You can follow him at Feeding the Dragon on Twitter, but he keeps sending me uh, stuff from Chinese experts that are saying, this is absolutely like right off the China playbook. They're playing this to a T. Uh, you know scrubbing all of the information from Pang. you haven 't heard from one person Have you heard from one Chinese tennis player, either former or current no because, and you 're not going to okay because the, the the government uh, according to these experts has gotten to them and told them you will not say a word about this so this whole i o c is a farce this call and the because the Olympics are coming up in two thousand and twenty two uh, early in 2020, the Winter Olympics. So the IOC is just playing ball. I mean, they're actually doing the the, the media for the Chinese government. And, and I guess you have to say, so is all the U.S. companies and other companies that support the Olympics. They're just like, okay, let's just hope this quiets down. Uh, the women's tour, the WTA and Steve Simon behind the scenes, I have sources telling me that this is coming to a head. Okay, this is coming to a head very soon, because the WTA has been put sort of out there on its own now. They've, the, the, the Chinese have managed to sort of isolate them um, and say, uh, you know, because this is, you know, look, it's, the WTA is awesome. I mean, nobody, you know, we're, I'm in the tennis person, right? But they're not, we're not, we, I'm going to say we, because we in the tennis, we're not the Olympics. We don't have the same might, the same pull that the Olympics do. There's not the same money involved. Same with the NBA, uh, doesn't have the same kind of push and pull, and, 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 and none of those people had the guts to stand up to him. So the WTA is actually having the guts. So are, the, so are some of the big-time players, current and former top players. And to me, the, the, this is looking, to me, fairly inevitable that uh, the tournaments are going to leave China. Because I think the Chinese have assessed, well, it's more important to have the Olympics. It's more important to have uh, this thing go away. And if that means, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll lose these WTH And maybe the men serve. I've, I've said this a couple of times. The ATP should come out and say, we support. The, they've already said we support the women. But they haven't said we're going to pull our tournaments, which I believe they should at this point. They should come out and say we're done. We're, we're if the women we're with the women. If we don't get you know hear from Peng Shui and the um, the demands of the WTA are met that she's okay that we can communicate with her on our own. I mean, anyone you listen to that knows China and there are plenty of people know way more than I do. Okay, I'm gonna. We all know that have said that clearly. The authorities have gotten to her. Clearly, she's been prepped. Clearly, she's saying things that they're telling her to say. She's never going to leave the country again. And uh, that, so that, so, so, and, and by the way, how about asking her on the video call, IOC, uh, what happened? Why did she take down uh, – why was it uh, taking down her initial comments about this uh, sexual assault that happened? So it just uh, – it, it, the, the playbook is like they're playing it to a T – and as I said, you know, I got an, uh, an email from one of the various networks that uh, were trying to get me on and other tennis people, Pam Shriver, Chris Everett, and so on, to talk about this issue. Steve Simon has, of course, appeared on Good Morning America and other places, and I'm sure we're going to see him shortly again. Uh, you know, we're standing down. And since I got that email, it's like it's like literally that's what's happened in the, in the, in the big-time media It's sort of worth standing now. You've seen some articles. New York Times had a piece in the last 48 hours. But I know from my inside sources that Steve Simon has initiated conversations with lawyers and tournaments um, discussing the possibility of suspending the tour in China. And uh, to me, that's going to happen. The TV network apparently in China that covers the WTA has said that uh, because of this, that they've jeopardized... Uh, their future relationship with them. So that I think we should take as a signal that it's a basically a threat, that we're not going to broadcast your tournament. So I think this is where it's going. Uh, again, as soon as I get, get another guest and I can get someone else on here, I will do that for you, my listeners, because as I said, I'm not going to let this thing die down. Uh, it seems like uh, I guess, be for economic reasons or, you know, there's a lot of other things happening in the, in the mainstream news here in the U.S., which I follow um, every day. You know, it takes precedence over, the, you know, this, this, this little old tennis player in China. Um, so, but we're not going to get off of it here because we're tennis people. We're in this world, but I think it's a bigger issue. And I think we're going to stay on top of it. And I don't think, I know, because I'm here and I'm doing it. And uh, whether or not anybody wants to talk to me on a big news station, that's another issue. But you're going to get it right here from me on Holding Court. Stay tuned, everybody. Holding Court with Patrick McEnroe is powered by Mudhouse Media.